breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. Yes. Hey folks, it's your favorite guest host on The Glitter Boys, <laughs> Just Jacob, back with Nathaniel. We're here to talk about role-playing online in 2023. You know, we all learned a lot during COVID, and some of those lessons have carried forward and have changed the way we approach gaming. We've talked a lot about role-playing online tangentially on this cast and others, and we just wanted to dive into what it looks like now in our current life state. Yeah, back in the day, I mean... Matthew and I started this whole thing during the pandemic as, right. as a creative thing and had a lot of fun. And one of the things that we did very early on was how to play Palladium games online. And just in the span of, the, of years since then, three years, two, two, three, two years, just in the last two years, all of that has changed, mm-hmm. at least for me. Like I used to say, oh, there was, I used Astral. Astral was great. Astral's gone. Mm-hmm. I'll use these Discord bots. Discord bots are great. Two of the ones that I really like, gone. (laughs) So, uh, Jacob, tell me how you do it. So I have, uh, so as someone who actually was playing online before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and after the pandemic, including games that were forced online from in-person during the pandemic, I use primarily two different tools. I use Roll20 and I use Discord. It partially depends on, and I'm currently playing around with a third VV, VTT at the moment, virtual tabletop, um, that I'm trying to see if it'll work with one of the game systems I regularly run. I'm picky as hell. Um, I, I want to use as much as I want, but not be forced into everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a big thing for me. Cur- what's the third one? Or what's the other one you're uh, Foundry. Okay. Yeah. Foundry. Um, yeah, it's. I, I'm looking at using that one for a couple of gaming systems. Uh, it's getting much more and more support. Uh, more rule systems are coming out that are co-sponsored or sponsored completely mm-hmm. by the manufacturer of the underlying game. Yeah. And so it's. It has its upsides. It has its downsides. Um, it's. It, it has a bit of a higher price to entry for a game master than some, but initially it has some stuff that i kind of like with it isn't foundry one where you pay it once you pay it once yeah Yeah. it's a it's a when i got in this may have changed when i got in it was a 35 dollars special uh i think it's around 50 now maybe more than that uh and i think only the game master needs to actually pay that um players do not if i am correct on that i have not looked recently so Uh, a lot of the vtt's saw what the space was going to during COVID and adapted their pricing models appropriately to take advantage of the chance to grab a big market share. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't actually kept up to date on what it looks like current state. Roll 20 is still roll 20. It's in many ways, the 800 pound gorilla of the VTT state, unless we are talking about D and D beyond, which is a whole different question. And I don't like walled gardens. It's tough because uh, I have a hard time giving that title to Roll20. I, I get 
why you would say that, but we cannot discount the vast presence and power of Fantasy Grounds. I don't like their interface. I, I find it. it very unintuitive, and you have to watch videos to learn how to do anything in it. But it has the most support that I've seen. And you bu- you can buy that on fucking Steam. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You can. And that yeah. has a lot of upsides to it. Have you attempted to run Palladium on Fantasy Grounds at all or I, looked at it at all? I... Uh... I made bad decisions. <laughs> we all make bad decisions. I own the whole goddamn thing, oh. or at least at a time. They had a big sale, and I was like, oh, this is great. This looks love, and I'm going to use it for everything. And I got, like, the Savage Rift stuff and Savage Worlds. Because I was wanting to play Savage Worlds online back in the day, and I got Fantasy Grounds and even bought into their whole... They do like a Kickstarter. It was a Kickstarter or something where they were trying to transition to a better interface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I don't remember but if it was just Kickstarter kept, or what. But it kept dragging along, and I wasn't even impressed with the new one, and I just gave up. So yeah. I have this license for like everything. Mm-hmm. I think I've tried it twice, mm-hmm. and I hated it. Yeah. So no, I have not run Palladium or anything with Fantasy Grounds. Mm-hmm. It's just unintuitive. Yeah, I played around a little with Astra. Um, I, it wasn't the thing that prevented me from getting more into astral was that at the time there was no support for any of the systems I was looking for it to use, to use with it. And so that was where I just, you know, that was the door that closed, you know, I, I brought the palladium presents. I made mm. the sheets. Yeah. For yeah. astral. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I primarily use roll 20 or straight discord. For most of my games, my Red Markets game was entirely by Discord. I, you know, I that in a Google Drive, and I was off to the races. Um, I could share my screen when I needed to uh, via Discord. I could uh, point people to things in the uh, Google Drive, and it worked great. My Witcher game was run completely ov- over Roll Twenty. And uh, just because it was the only at the time, it was the only virtual tabletop that had character sheets built into it, which is a a huge, huge problem. Um, Plus, of all the VTTs I've uh, played around with, I like the map interface of Roll20 the best for plunk a graphic on the screen, drop tokens on it and roll. It it had it, it was a little bit less fiddly than um foundry definitely astral um and uh the one other that i toyed around with for like 15 minutes and went i don't want to learn to code um (laughs) my problem with roll 20 is the interface feels too web 1.0 oh totally it's awful yeah my problem with it is if you are trying to use chat over it it's awful. It is horrible. Their web code for chat sucks rocks. The number of times we had to mid-session roll back to a conference call via our cell phones to yeah. get a session done. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the video chat, the chat, it all sucks. It's been terrible since the beginning. Yep. And I f- have a feeling that they have not put any work into improving it because of the presence of things like Discord. Yeah. I, I know a couple different groups that run discord so they can hear each other and roll 20 so they can see things and roll dice in front of people 
Yeah, back in the day, we used Google Hangouts, but yeah, we we all no. ultimately switched to Discord in the end. Oh yeah, I I never did a Google Hangout game. Uh, I did a lot of Skype games, and that was fun. My first ever playing role playing games in the traditional sense online was via Skype. It was there were just four of three of us in this game, and we used Skype to talk, and we rolled our dice on the honor system. Yep. That's yeah. how I played uh, Call of Cthulhu, Cthulhu Tech, Dungeons and Dragons a little bit. Oh, um, Ninjas and Super Spies, weirdly enough, over Skype. Yeah. Um, which is which is funny because, oh my God, video is... Video, I find, is very, very important to the VTT experience, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, gets, this also segues into what I don't like about VTTs as strict platforms and online gaming in general as a game master i am reading my players at the table their reactions what Mm -hmm. they're paying attention to and if i cannot see them i lose so many tools out of my toolbox there's an energy right shared with a group that is in the same room and when i was on skype using a video platform and uh what being able to see somebody when uh, I'm going to call a friend out, Jerry, when Jerry would get excited and start doing Kung Fu moves on camera, it was it was just empowering and it was not as good as being there in person, but it still had a bit of the magic, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is ultimately why I stopped playing games online. I stopped running them. Mm-hmm. The pandemic, I started running a lot of games and I was finding that I wasn't fulfilled by them i did not find i I was not getting i couldn't get no satisfaction Mm -hmm. from my online games yeah that said i am planning on keeping online games in my portfolio yeah yeah a couple different reasons for that one i've always been someone who runs a lot more curated games uh, where I run specific games for specific groups of players. Same. And, or I want to run a game and I need certain kinds of players for that game. Yeah. And especially in that latter case, being able to not be tied to being able to meet, being in the same geographic region, ha- you know, all of that makes it so much easier. It's so much easier. Plus, I'm an adult who works a nine to five and lives kind of in our region and what's considered by a lot of people in the Portland area. I'm in the boonies. And yeah, so I are. like like <laughs> to I would be getting off work at five for a weeknight game and would have to drive an hour and up to an hour and a half to get almost anywhere else to get a tabletop game on a weeknight. And that's just that that and then an hour to an hour and a half back. And that's that's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you could make it all the way out to my house to record today. <laughs> that's how important you are to me, Nathaniel. Yay! But yeah, it, and, and there's there are additional upsides to online games, just as there's the downside of especially after COVID, everybody's used to be stuck at work on Zoom calls if you're in certain types of professions and people will have bad behavior of doing things in the background with their microphone on while the game's going that's really obnoxious. 
you also have the positives of there's something more punchy about being able to put up on everybody's screen an image of the big bad rather than like even throwing out something on the fr- on the table uh an image of the big bad yeah uh, th- there are tools that are enabled by role playing online one of the biggest tools i've found because i play with very diverse groups of players from all different experience levels folks who have attention deficit disorder and other things and automated character sheets oh my god i like i tr- i my witcher game when we were talking about transitioning back from virtual to in person one of the biggest things asks by several of the players were can we keep using the roll 20 character sheets because witcher is a complicated game in fact, I'd put it more complicated than like even Palladium. Uh, easier to create characters, but how everything interacts and how you roll things is a little bit more fiddly. And being able for the character for the player to push a button and their character rolls what they need them to do rather than track down the two things they need on their sheet to figure out what they need to roll was a huge bonus and helped keep players that loved the world, loved my game, but found the rule set daunting, helped keep them engaged. We used Roll20 in a live game, an in-person game as well. We would play at my buddy Sean's house, and it was D&D. And Mm -hmm. we would just have a big screen behind us. And when combat came up, instead of having to clear out an area between us, we would bring it up on the TV and move things around with the laptop. Mm -hmm. It it was pretty nice being able to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah, and and the... I've always been a person who used uses props in games. Now, not like, not like I'm building up replica weapons and stuff like that, but like images and um, maps and uh, figurines and stuff. I, I'm not a huge miniatures on the map guy, but like being able to tr- have everybody with a figurine of what their character looks like just to have that focus on the table yeah. is uh, super helpful for engagement. And when it's digital. You don't have to go out and buy much. You can just find a picture. In fact, especially with AI art generation now, just type in a thing. I want this, 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 and this, and keep hitting it a few times till you get a result. And bam, there's my character. For the Delta Green game that I'm about to run, if I were to try to run that in person, I would have to bring a suitcase full of documents (laughs) with me. That instead, I already have in a digital folder, yeah. and I can just push out to the players. What are your thoughts on dice rolling online? Uh, I have come down to, um, it depends on the group. There are players where I want to see the dice rolled. Not necessarily because I don't believe them, but because with that group of players... Having everybody see the dice hit the table and have that moment of shared, oh, or yay, you know, is really important. With other groups of players, it doesn't matter so much. It all depends oftentimes on not, again, not the trustworthiness of the players, but how emotive and reactive to their own dice rolls players are. There is something exciting about having that dice roll pop up for everybody. It's in that 20, motherfucker, you know, (laughs) or or. The the when you roll that nat one and you're covering your face and your hands and the rest of the party is going oh no <laughs> you know it's 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 those is 
again, we're, we're role playing. We're seeking shared moments of yeah. shared imagination and being able to see the dice rolls at the exact same time or not see the dice rolls at the exact same time. If you're a behind the cover GM, like some of us are, um, you lose something when everybody can't see it. There is something to be said for the honor system. Oh, tons. You said that you play with a lot. It depends on the group. You said mm. it depends on the group. And yes, it does depend on the group. My caveat is I only play with that group. <laughs> like, there's, it depends on the group, but I only play with a certain type of group. I only play with, a, I will only play with people that I have vetted as mm-hmm. being fairly decent, upstanding humans. You know, yeah. occasionally you fail at that and you're like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that this wouldn't work. And awkward situation, whole other discussion. But for the most part, vast majority of people I play with online are people I know and trust as humans. Mm-hmm. And we use the honor system. Yeah. So it is possible to evoke that same excitement with the honor system if you are a vocally emotive person, because one can see a number 20 or a nat one or a crit fail or whatever appear in a chat log and we'll be like, yeah, yeah, this. But if somebody's like, nat 20, <laughs> you know, or you yeah. apply some flair to it. Or, <laughs> or like, oh, I, I rolled a one. <laughs> or my favorite, which came from my Red Markets game because the dice yeah. roller bot we were using in Discord broke and we had to roll back to honor system dice. And because it is especially for red markets where what die rolls, what number becomes very important and is based on how the GM interprets it. I have to see the dice roll and it's easier to literally see it rolled. Yeah. Um, when we had to fall back, when somebody rolled and I went, okay, so what'd you roll? And they went, I don't want to tell you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, Following the subject of online in person mm-hmm. or using digital tools at the gaming table or using a VTT at the gaming table, I want to give a shout out to a really, really cool tool that I have watched grow over the years that I'm very, very fond of. And it is called Arkenforge. Mm. It is not an online VTT, but it is a VTT. It has a fully functional VTT with the most powerful minis and mapping design I have seen in such a tool. And it's constantly updated. The dev is really, really cool. There's a great community for it. It has a built-in sound management system that has tags and playlists and loop functions and all different kind of stuff. Be still my beating heart. I love it so much that I subscribe that I for a while now have been a patron of the tabletopaudio.com, their uh, patronate Patreon. And I've gone back through and downloaded every single piece of music from them and still do to this day. They release a, a weekly update and I catalog and tag it and sort it into Arkenforge on the chance that one day I'm going to use it at a gaming table, and I probably will very soon. Yeah, I'm looking... Honestly, that's one of those things that... I was talking about all the tools uh, that you 
are enabled that, that you suddenly have access to when you go VTT, the fact that I lose access to a soundboard or even quick quick key laptop setups, like I'm about to run a Delta Green game. I in most of my in-person Delta Green games, I have a laptop sitting up there. The number of times my players dread when I reach over and hit the police siren button <laughs> to set the atmosphere. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's I, I, I've been looking for that. So that's I'm going to have to look into that. Something else in Arkin Forge's favor is that it streams very well. Ooh. So if you don't want to pay the monthly cost of something like Roll20 or any of the other subscription services, you can simply have one person with Arkin Forge set it up on a visual stream on something like Discord, and then they just handle all of the clicks. Excellent. It's Excellent. pretty cool that way. Now, of all these systems, which have you used with Palladium? I have used... Uh, I used... Astral. I used Astral a lot. I was spearheading the Palladium presence there. And I've used Arkin Forge. I used it a wee bit in the Rifts games that I was running with Matthew and some others. And towards the end, I started using another platform, which is a it's free and or cheap on Steam. It's and it's a it is a VTT. Uh, it is a super, super, super bare-bones interface VTT, purposefully, and it is called Dudes on a Map. Yep. It's wonderful. It doesn't waste time trying to be Discord, because mm -hmm. it knows Discord exists. Yep. So all it does is it want, it makes for a super, super, super quick and simple way to use digital tools like a map or whatever but it works in a synchronization, uh, in a uh, targeted synchronization setup. So it's not an always online connection. So, you know, your data will synchronize back and forth when you do something. Oh, okay. So if the GM makes a change on the map and then they hit send, it sends out to everybody. If a player rolls a skill check, that skill check automatically sends out to everybody. But it doesn't linger online. You know, it's not like that that constant streaming connection that is required for something like roll 20 that is i've used that a little bit uh got a, it's played around it with it a little bit but the interactive character sheets were just way more of what i was looking for at the time so i didn't go down that rabbit hole it's character sheets are minimal yeah. you, you don't really have sheets or yeah. at least last time i used it you don't but you can build character specific macros that mm. function the same but as someone who actually plays with people worldwide, including people in, oh, parts of Europe with crap internet, uh, something that can pull down the internet load sounds amazing. And I'm pretty sure Dudes on a Map, the player version is free. And the GM version, unless he has gone live with it, the GM version is also free, but there's a donation. And I went, it's like, I was, I think I saw it launch and within a week I'm like, Yes. Here, take, take my, my money, money. <laughs> this thing is awesome yeah yeah awesome yeah no um i know a lot of people are transitioning back to live games um i am very happy to be back in live games uh but for the if you are 
one of the many people who are long established with my in my stable of players, which is about 30 or 40 individuals. Um, you know, I'm not abandoning virtual tabletop. It's just going to be another tool in the toolbox for certain games. Yeah. So I can get the right players at the right table for the right game. I would probably not run much, if at all, in the way of online games, but I would gladly play in them. As long as I played with the game master and group who understood that in between actions, I am probably going to be doing something else mm -hmm. because ADHD is a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is the one of the biggest downfalls on VTT is mm -hmm. uh, you know when, when the brain weasels hit suddenly all I have to do is tab out and suddenly I'm can you can, can you at least quit playing Starfall sir please <laughs> you know that leads to close out thought of what kind of tools can be used to combat that. Like, if I were playing in a game such as that and I were my attention were distracted, I would not at all be offended if there was a way for the GM or somebody else to do a thing that caused a sound effect mm -hmm. or that could trigger like a flash on the screen that was intentionally designed specifically for the purpose of drawing back in the ADHD player. You know, that's such a large topic. Maybe we should look at. Because I, I have a lot of thoughts about this as both someone who's done therapeutic game mastering and as someone who plays with folks who part of their lived experience is all sorts of not just ADHD. There, I have a lot of ADHDs mm -hmm. uh, people in my player base, but ADHD in particular is so common in the, amongst the community. You know, I think maybe we should do, put some thought into it and maybe even doing an episode on that. Yeah, especially with riffs, because riffs can be one of either like the most amazing game for someone with ADHD or the one of the worst. Yeah, yeah. We talked about gaming with ADHD a bit on the Biker's Dice and Bars podcast, but we can definitely retouch on that here on a Palladium focus, because I think Palladium is a system that <laughs> can certainly be impacted by it. Yeah. If you have any thoughts on that or would like to see that episode, please reach out to us on our Discord. You know, uh, come on over to the Breakfast Puppies to chime in on Glitter Boys, uh, share your thoughts on virtual tabletops, or, you know, yes, 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 please give me an episode of ADHD, or <laughs> no, 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 please don't. <laughs> or just squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> I mean, if you remember. Uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, send us a message or don't. As always, I'm just Jacob. <laughs> this is an NPC. <laughs> Have a great one, and uh, remember where you left your car keys. Yeah, ooh, hold on, I gotta go check that. <laughs> Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one.
You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.